and welcome to Pushing Whimsy Episode 3. I am your host, David Taylor. And I'm Beth Van Horn. Welcome back, everybody. I want to first uh, remind everybody you can find us online all over the place. Uh, Our presence is expanding dramatically. Uh, You can find us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash pushingwhimsy. You can find us on Twitter at pushing underscore whimsy. Find us on soundcloud.com slash pushingwhimsy, as well as pushingwhimsy.blogspot.com. Uh, of course, you can send us an email at pushingwhimsy at gmail.com. And uh, feel free to like us, friend us, uh, share it with everybody you know. That's uh, Right now, we're sitting about eight likes on Facebook. We'd like to get that up over uh, 30 or 40, just to see where we can uh, where we can push and what we can do better to uh, enhance your experience in listening to us. And, of course, you can always find us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Absolutely. Uh, so I did post up on Facebook this last week uh, about the, uh, the change in where we're going to be hosting from. There's going to be more on that to come. But uh, for right now, everything is still 5x5, exactly where it's been and where it's going to be for a little bit. Uh, So we've been gone for uh, a week. We missed a week in our our broadcast schedule. Uh, Had a few things that came up. Uh, We had to return the girl spawn back to uh, her mom. Uh, It was Mother's Day, and uh, the the girl spawn's mom wanted her back and uh, wanted to spend some time with her. Happy to oblige that. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, she's been more than gracious in the amount of time she's let us have the girl spawn here to uh, help watch X. But uh, we got to run into Tinkerbell while we were there, we which did. was nice. Tinkerbell's uh, kind of turning into a giant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's uh, as tall as her mom now, and uh, that was very cool. That was very cool getting mm-hmm. to see her. Uh, turns out, uh, upcoming uh, about. Two weeks, we're going to have both Tinkerbell and uh, the Girl Spawn back in-house for a 30-day stretch. And and that should be an interesting experience. (laughs) Yep, uh, there is a possibility that we may even include them for a short short second or three on the podcast at some Mm -hmm. point while they're here. Uh, Another thing that delayed us was uh, some uh, experience with uh, X. Yes, uh, we had decided before X was born that we were going to have him circumcised. Sorry, fellas. Um, But we had to wait. There were a lot of different circumstances that caused our delay. Some of it was a little bit of his health um, up front. Uh, Some of it was things about that were outside of our control. When we did go to see a urologist about having it done, they said we had to wait until after he was a year old. Went back at the one-year point. They said we had to wait till spring to ensure that he wasn't going to get uh, a winter cold. So we just recently had that done. And, of course, as a mother, I was completely in panic mode from about a week before the procedure, and I'm still a little bit panicky. Everything went fine. Things are great. My son is uh, apparently pretty uh, well-endowed for (laughs) a little one, Uh, and things are looking nice. Uh, But he was very cranky for the first few days, as anyone would be and should be. Yep, yep. Uh, Just in case anyone was curious, uh, uh, he's he's doing well, and uh, I I feel for anybody who gets a knife that close to their junk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
the last piece of uh, piece of things that kept uh, kept us tied up. I uh, I work at a job where I move uh, I move a lot of products around, uh, physically move them around, and uh, had an issue with my shoulder. Started off just being a little painful, made its way through to being almost unusable for my left arm, and uh, after doing some uh, doing some talking with some doctors. Turns out I've got a torn rotator cuff, so uh, that'll be a piece of discussion that'll come up occasionally over the next uh, several months while I go through recovery and physical therapy and that sort of thing. But uh, our, our commitment is to keep the podcast rolling and uh, try not to miss another week, uh, if at all possible. Yeah, that's correct. Uh so uh, tonight was actually kind of a fun night. Uh, Beth made an amazing dinner, some crockpot uh, mac and cheese, uh, bacon-wrapped pork loin, and uh, some uh, fresh green beans with bacon on them. Uh, we love bacon. Yes, bacon is a, a food group. It's quite the tastiest part. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, we had uh, Boy Wonder and his wife over. And uh, we had dinner with them and then played four hours of Dungeons and Dragons uh, where uh, Boy Wonder became the Dungeon Master and we had a really good time. I had, I had a blast. We did. And you kind of forget if you don't do it for a while how fun it can be to really use your imagination. And Boy Wonder, I think, really stepped above and beyond. He has been preparing, so to speak, by watching campaigns on YouTube and reading up on different quests that you can do within the game. And he really researched it, brought it to a great point. He modified it so that it was good for our characters and good for, uh, you know, just for the time that we had. Um, of course, the first, the second round that we went through I was pretty much sure we were all going to die. Yeah, based well, on the monsters based, that based, came up. Based on the fact that Beth's dragonborn couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a a, a, a bucket full of nails. Okay, at first, yes, <laughs> but I want to I want to point out that I was one of the only characters who was able to kill a wraith. Yeah. So and I did it in three turns. True. And Boy Wonder's wife. We'll call her Mrs. Boy Wonder, uh, actually did the death hit. Yeah. Did the did the kill shot. Yep. Uh, but I went up there and I pretty much took care of it while you were just standing around and chopping the legs off of skeletons. Hey, and my Warhammer did good. Anyway, <laughs> so... So some of the things we're going to talk about this week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some fun websites that we've come across... Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. We finally got to watch it, so we'll yeah. talk a little bit about that. Uh, going to talk a little bit about Deadpool, the uh, the new viral marketing for the Deadpool Blu-ray. Um, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to owning this movie and, and having it in my home with our collection. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our pugs, Otis and Boo Boo. Otis and Boo Boo don't get code names because they're pugs. They're <laughs> Otis and Boo Boo. Um, the other part of that is that Otis and Boo Boo are in no way, shape, or form associated with any of my passwords, including my Wi-Fi password, so if you happen to be trying to get onto it, too bad it's not Otis or Boo Boo. Keep trying. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars, oh. A Force Awakens. So, a little bit of ramp up to this. 
we had been trying to educate the girl Spawn on all things nerdy because she she's coming from uh, a normal home life where everything is very we'll just say urban. There you go. Urban's probably the best word for it. So she she comes in and she has a, a wide knowledge of things that aren't exactly on the up and up and we're trying to turn her more towards the way of the nerd just like we were doing with X even at his young age. So one of the things that we had her do um, was we made her watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy yep. and the Hobbit trilogy yep. and she once she got into it she was really into it and she was ready and wearing to watch all of the these movies even back to back got a little bit of a crush on Legolas, although I don't know what, you know, 15-year-old girl doesn't. Yeah. But uh, then we decided that we were going to pitch her up against Star Wars. So we got through Star, you know, original Star Wars, New Hope, whatever you want to call it, first Star Wars movie. And it, it, it would be known as Episode 4. Episode 4. A New Hope. Yeah, okay, so Star Wars. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm old school. I think yeah. calling it a new hope is just a, a cop-out for me. It's just Star Wars. But, uh, so we, we got her through the first Star Wars movie, and we're about maybe an hour into Empire, and the entire time she started watching this, she was like, so when am I going to see Yoda? Like, well, you won't see Yoda for a while. You know, Yoda doesn't show up for a bit. That's kind of the, the big thing. And she just sat there and sulked. And we're about an hour into Empire... And she turns and looks at me and is like, this is boring. <laughs> to which, if I had been a lesser human being, I probably would have backhanded her. Well, she'd have been over 18. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't, <laughs> because I am not a monster. Yes. Uh, but we did stop watching. So she hasn't even gotten through the last half of Empire or Return of the Jedi. Now, grant you, we have three movies that she's going to have to bore her way through... Uh, meaning, of course, the original or the uh, uh, episodes one, two, and three, which makes my skin crawl. Yes. But the payoff is that on the back end of that, we have this new this new trilogy plus the offshoot movies that are mm -hmm. coming from that, and uh, I I can honestly say I was as impressed with the Force Awakens as I was as a young boy seeing Star Wars in the theaters. So, I, a little bit to my age, the, all of the original Star Wars movies came out before I was born. So, I never really got to experience that true epicness. My first in-theater Star Wars movie was The Phantom Menace, and it just saddens me greatly. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was super cool because it was like, hey, new Star Wars, and then you went to see it, and you were like, what happened? Yeah. This is not nearly as cool as these old movies. And old back then was maybe 20, 25 years. Yeah. You know, so when when I first heard <laughs> that they were going to be doing three more Star Wars movies, I was a little bit skeptical because I was I came in, the skeptical person being I am, having to sit through episodes one through three and learn the just atrocious backstory of Anakin Skywalker and... A.K.A. <laughs> I can't act. Uh, my name's Christian Hayden. Yes, um, Hayden Christensen. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I had I had to sit through that and watch that, and 
So with The Force Awakens, we had uh, procured a copy from uh, my soon-to-be in-laws. And uh, we got their digital copy. So we were going to have a nice HD version of it. And we couldn't watch it right away. Because I was like, we can't jump into this without first yeah. getting Girlspawn Girl through the, way the other out. six movies. So we put it off, we put it off. Finally, one day we decide, you know what, we're just going to go watch it in the bedroom and see what's up. So again, I was a little skeptical uh, because it the first reboot of Star Wars didn't really work out for me personally. And grant you, I was I was all I was all bought in on it because a I am an eternal optimist and b J.J. Abrams. Well, I thought the J.J. Abrams would come in and he could either make it really great or really bad. Hmm. And I, you know, since the procurement with Disney, I wasn't sure how they were going to morph the franchise and, you know, make it better. Yeah, like, I, was, well, I was looking for mouse ears. You were looking for mouse ears? I was looking for mouse ears. Well, uh, you know, we sat and we watched it, and I was thoroughly impressed with, one, how much I liked it, and two, how much it really fed in because there is an entire canon behind this storyline or what is supposed to be this storyline of this trilogy yeah the uh the books that go along uh the side books that go along with this part of the canon uh they talk extensively about han and leia's twins talks about uh the build out of the republic uh, it talks about Leia and uh, and her rise politically within the Republic, and uh, there's even some new books that are just recently coming out along with uh, the new movie that uh, that drag along into that a little bit more and and speak a little bit more to how uh, how Kylo became uh, uh, became Kylo, how he changed from being Ben to uh, being Kylo. So. First thing, I think we should, you know, announce spoilers, because if you haven't seen The Force Awakens and you're listening to this podcast, shame on you. Secondly, because uh, yeah, we because we were late to the party yeah. and we've even seen it now. Yes. So. Yes. So one thing that kind of I don't know, uh, kind of escapes me right now is that I never read any of the Star Wars books. So, or the graphic novels, the comic books, any of that. I didn't watch Clone Wars or whatever other animated series they had out there that continued on in between the movies or where the movies left off. So all I know about the canon is, believe it or not, what I got from Dr. Miranda Bailey from Grey's Anatomy. Han and Leia get married. They have twins. Their twins go on to save the galaxy again. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's about as much as it goes. That's shameful. <laughs> it is shameful, but you know, it, it, ner- being a nerd doesn't always mean that you have to be like right on top of everything that's nerdy. Mm-hmm. You know, my nerd knowledge delves down into other things, and Star Wars just doesn't happen to be one of them. Now that's why we make such a good couple is because I've got that canon down. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we did notice a lot of things and, and I'm going to try to not have us delve into the spoilers too hard on this, but, uh, the idea that the Millennium Falcon was on, uh, on the planet with Ray, 
uh, and that uh, Han knew the guy who who ran the scrap shop, and that uh, Han had gone on to uh, continue smuggling and getting himself into trouble, all all rolls back to uh, the deal with uh, with Kylo being trained by Luke and having it be an utter and complete failure, much the same way that when Qui-Gon trained Anakin mm-hmm. and Anakin trained... Uh, or, uh, uh, no, Qui Gon trained, trained Obi-Wan Obi Wan, and Obi Wan yeah, trained, trained Anakin. Anakin, and then just that utter failure of the first time. It's almost like it's almost like the Jedi needed to prepare that. Hey, the first guy that you train is going to end up being a douchebag and trying to kill everybody. So go ahead and just train him the best you can, and then maybe you know you should put an axe in his forehead. Well, and for me, I think, I'm not really quite sure exactly where Abrams is going with this or where the writers are going with this, but there are a lot of things to me that don't make sense but make perfect sense if you speculate about it a little bit. Right. So, the one of the main characters of the movie, Ray, is an orphan. She lives on Joppa, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, she lives on this desert planet by herself and she basically scavenges uh the wreckage from the original war uh looking for for scraps that she can sell at the scrap shop for food rations um and the only thing that she has going for her is that she believes 100 percent that whoever left her there is coming back for her any day every single day and and there's a part of the movie where Han, Finn, who is a runaway stormtrooper, uh, and Ray wind up in the kind of like a bar, almost like Mos Eisley, but not quite. A little bit more um, up, you know, not really upscale, but a little bit more friendly yeah. than Mos Eisley. Yeah. But um, uh, Ray finds her way down into a storage room and finds Luke Skywalker's lightsaber sitting in a box that seems to be calling to her. And when she touches it, she has these flashes. One is of somebody holding her back as she's watching a ship go off, and she's screaming, no, please come back, don't leave me. Uh, She also sees flashes of Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, uh, going and killing all of the Jedi students, Mm -hmm. massacring them. Uh, She sees a couple other flashes of Kylo Ren... Um, including a, a lightsaber battle that she has with him. And then she also has kind of a premonition of him coming together. Yeah. So for me, because we don't really know from The Force Awakens who Rey is, other than she's just been left on this shit planet for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, we don't know anything about her, except she's extraordinarily powerful with the Force and she doesn't even know it. And so my theory is that Ray and Ben are the twins. Yeah. And even though the story centers on Ben turning to the dark side and reliving his grandfather's actions in the original Jedi Temple by killing off all of the Jedi students and going over to the dark side... 
I think Ray was there too, and that these flashes were not premonitions, but really so more just a flashback of things that she saw. Yeah. And the ship that was pulling away was her mother and father leaving her with Luke to train, just like Ben didn't want to go train. He didn't want to be left there alone. She didn't want to be left alone either. And it comes to make the difference. So why would Kylo Ren, one, take so much interest in her, other than the fact that she's very powerful with the Force? Two, uh, why is she alive in Anjapu Mm -hmm. at all? Right. Three, how would she know so much about the Millennium Falcon? Right. You know, and how to fly it. How would she have all this knowledge of of mechanical... um, just mechanical, no- you know, I, I don't yeah. even know the word, just mechanical knowledge of how to fix the Millennium Falcon um, and how it how it handles, you know, where all the hiding places are, unless she was uh, somehow tied to it at one point, right. which she could have been. Right. If Han is her father, then that makes perfect sense. Yeah. The other thing that kind of uh, pinged in my mind was the fact that Han, she saw Han like a father figure and he saw her as a daughter figure, but none of them really, like, said anything or connected. I think Han knew that it was his daughter, and he just didn't say anything. And it would make sense for him to, you know, keep her safe. Right. Which he does immediately, even though he runs into these people who were on his old ship that was lost to him in some kind of gambling match. Yeah. Um, and not immediately try to kill them. Right. Now, at the uh, towards the end of it, the uh, interactions between Ray and Leia uh, reinforce all of that. That uh, the the embrace, the, the the way that they hug, really reinforces the idea that that she is she is likely uh, Leia and Han's daughter. And uh, maybe it's been so long that they don't recognize her. Um, you know that yeah. she's grown up, and and maybe they don't. I mean, you would think that. If she was their daughter, they would at least have some kind of recognition. Even as you age, uh, you still retain at least a little bit of, you know, how you've always looked. Yeah, Yeah. your features, yeah. So... That's kind of my thing. And and the reason why Kylo... uh, uh, Another thing that's just been blowing up all over the internet. Why does Kylo Ren have a cross guard on his lightsaber? Though... There's there's pros and cons to this. So, while it looks extraordinarily cool, this cross guard, which is just a it's a strip, normally you see it in a lot of like King Arthur style swords where they have a piece of metal that goes over the handle and protects you from getting cut on the blade. He's got it on a lightsaber, yeah. and a lightsaber pretty much slashes through whatever it is it's touching. Though so a lot of people are like, he's gonna cut off his thumbs. Or his fingers, he's gonna like at least singe his shoulder. Now, one, of, um, <laughs> one of the cool theories that I saw though about the cross about the crossblades uh, is that Kylo had to build this lightsaber on his own, mm-hmm. and that he used too powerful a battery uh, or power source in this, and those ports, those those the crossguard is less about it being part of the lightsaber than it is exhaust ports to keep it from overheating or blowing up in his hand. Which makes sense. Dot, 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 lopping your freaking arm off with a cross guard because you're an idiot. Well, that's true. And 
you got to understand that Kylo Ren, he obviously didn't go through his training, but neither did Luke, who is supposedly the one who trained him. So Luke, who is quite literally at the end of Return of the Jedi, the very last Jedi in the entire universe. Yep. And he only has to go off of however many hours he actually spent with Obi-Wan. We don't know how many days or nights or, you know, minutes well, and that the he time actually spent with Yoda. Well, the time he spent with Yoda, and even that time was short. Right. He left early. By the time that he got back to Yoda's house, Yoda was dying. He was on his deathbed. Yeah. So Luke never learned any of this. Now, but there was the whole uh, astral plane versions of Ben and Yoda and Anakin that uh, that were there on uh, on Yavin uh, at the end of Jedi. So how much training and teaching did Luke get from... Uh, from the the ghosty trio. Well, and it could have been none. Yeah. You know, th- they never really interacted with Luke, except to just tell him to use the Force. They they don't really like communicate with him. They don't tell him anything special. They just tell him to use the Force. Right. So Luke basically has to go off of whatever he learned in the short period of time he had with his two mentors. He uh, maybe any written documentation which that might have why, been which is why we find him at the uh, at the end at the uh, Je- at the original Jedi temple yep uh so luke probably one doesn't know everything about being a jedi and he's trying to figure it out and try to teach others how to do it hoping that he'll maybe regain some of that knowledge uh, but then kylo ren had come in and cut his training short by far and massacred the entire new line of Jedi. Now, he is under the tutelage of somebody named Snopes, or Snope, that maybe knows something, but we don't know anything about him, what he is, other than he's obviously a Sith. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, we don't know how much this guy actually knows, if he's training him properly, like, you know, uh, the <laughs> Emperor just, traded Darth Vader. Or if he's just winging it. And and that's a lot of things. One of the things I know, Dave, that you brought up uh, is why is Kylo Ren's lightsaber so flicky? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it looks like like an angry lightsaber. It does. Um, well, and, and the question that I had was... Is this just Abrams' interpretation of how the lightsabers should be? Or is it because we're so far into the future here without any Jedi to maintain and and keep up the process of building lightsabers that they're just, they're they're sketchy, like, cobnob job versions of, of... lightsabers and and that could be i mean we could be looking at kylo ren building a potato clock version of a lightsaber and that's why it's unstable or it could be because he's so unstable like yeah. the lightsaber could be a reflection of his entire being his training his thought process his emotions his because, temper tantrums yeah so it <laughs> That would explain a lot. I mean, but you would think that even in the lightsaber battles that Luke had with Vader, that he would have had some kind of hesitation. He wouldn't have had a strong, um, a strong, I don't know, blade. Yeah. Uh, laser. Uh, yeah. Lightsaber. What, whatever you would call it. 
the actual blade, he wouldn't be as confident because he was going up against this great foe. And then when he finds out that Vader is his father, you would think that there would be even more hesitation in there. And you would see some flickering, but you don't. You do see some flickering also in Ray wielding Luke's lightsaber. So that would make me even more instilled yeah. in the fact that maybe they're... They're you just know, poorly maintained. No, they're degenerating over time. Yeah. You know, because it has been 30 years. 30 years. You know, and they haven't been, you know, kept up to snuff. Yep. It could very well be just as simple as that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how Abrams is going to be taking this and running with it. And, of course, uh, as I always am, because I'm me, uh, trying to see if I'm right yeah. about my theory. But, you know, that's such as life. We have to wait. When's the next one coming out? Uh, so, uh, the announcement's been made. There will be a new Star Wars movie every year from now until 2020. So, but they but they won't be they won't necessarily be the trilogy. It'll trilogy. be uh, the offshoot movies. Rogue One is the next one coming out. And that'll be out this December, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we've got uh, we've got Episode Eight, and then we've got a uh, 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 young Han Solo. Young, young Han Solo movie. Then we have Episode Nine, and then there's talk about a Boba fett movie i did hear um, that. which i would be totally down for i'm a huge boba fett fan i owned a slave one as a uh, as a youth and uh you know boba fett is uh is the shiz so and see i i being who i am of course again uh, i i was not born by the time the first original trilogy was in theaters and was very big I just don't get why everybody loves Boba Fett. I just don't. Because he, he was like the badass bounty hunter. He survived. Uh, he survived living inside of a sarlacc in in a pit and managed to not only get out but took out the sarlacc and made it out uh, to continue on with his quest. Well, he must have at least been some kind of really fantastical human being or whatever he was. We don't really know a lot about his background other than he was used for uh, the clones. Right. They used his DNA for the clones, uh, which created all the stormtroopers. Yes. So, yay, why this guy? It makes no sense to me why they picked this particular man to clone over and over again. Well, and, and there's there's some fanfic out there that says that he actually is uh, had begun training in in uh, Jedi training and that he uh, he just decided it wasn't for him so he didn't go di- dark side he didn't go to the go to uh, the, the, the light side uh, he just decided to use his his cunning and his skills to become the ultimate ultimate warrior and made for the best DNA yep. so. Uh, so moving on, got another movie I want to talk about real quick, real quick, Deadpool. Deadpool. So Deadpool is coming out on Blu-ray very, very soon, um, and the the movie was amazing. The Blu-ray with the extended features should be awe-inspiring, and the new viral marketing campaign. Uh, there's nothing like Deadpool and the way he breaks the fourth wall, aside from doing promotional videos where he continues to break the fourth wall. Uh, 
There's also uh, on Funny or Die this week. There's the uh, the new promotional video for. Uh, they do a thing on on Funny or Die called uh, Honest Trailers. Oh yeah. And they have Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool breaking the fourth wall in his own honest trailer for Deadpool, which is just amazing and it's so well played and it's just it's it's awesome. So I just wanna I wanna take a minute and just give major props to Ryan Reynolds. When I first saw him as Deadpool in X Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. I I well even going back, I so far I have felt that they have cast the perfect person to play each role every single time, which is unheard of. Well, with the exception of Gambit, Gambit was lost. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but I I felt all of the major players they picked the best actors for it. They had the best attributes, the you know the physical looks. They were able to to do everything that they needed to do. Um, Casting Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was great. But when I first saw Deadpool in X-Men Origins, so I didn't really know a lot about Deadpool. I knew who Deadpool was. Uh, I, I never really got into his comic books, never really got into his storyline, never really knew much about him at all until I saw Ryan Reynolds in X-Men Origins Wolverine. And I felt that for the character... Now, when I say for the character, I'm talking about the character at the beginning of the movie... And yeah. not the end. But the beginning, I felt that they could not have picked a better person to play Deadpool. Right. So when it came to the end and we saw what happened to him, now grant you, I did not know the backstory again. I didn't know anything about Deadpool. But I knew that he never got his mouth so shut. Well, yeah, so. and, and that's why that's why so many people thump their head against the wall every time that somebody says, well, this was the first introduction of Deadpool. No, this was the first introduction of how to screw Deadpool up. Yes. So so, so I was uh, I was a little bit saddened um, by it. And then when uh, we found out a Deadpool movie was coming out, one of the first things Dave said to me was, this will be my Valentine's Day present. I promise I will be the best husband type thing ever. To which I said, I don't know why you're trying to convince me because it's a superhero movie and you know that I like those. Yeah. So I don't know why you need to convince me with all the pretties, shinies, and chocolates in the world when I was going to go take you to see it anyway. <laughs> which, you know, is bonus round. So uh, what uh, I don't I don't know if you've seen this even yet on the news. Um there are actors who uh, who are wanting to portray Cable I, in in Deadpool so Two. I have seen a little bit, and I don't remember who the actor was, but it was the first one who came out and said, "I want that." Dolph Lundgren. No, it was not Dolph Lundgren. Okay, so I that's who. I would have remembered Dolph Lundgren. Okay, so that is who has said today that they want to be Cable. He is actually recording demo footage and getting it sent out to Ryan Reynolds to show that he can play the part, going as far as creating his own costume, is my understanding. That's that's amazing. So. I, I love when actors get, like, so... They, they just fangirl all over the place, and they, they show up to auditions, or they send in tapes of them wearing their homemade costumes. Elijah Wood did that for Frodo Baggins and, mm-hmm. and you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. Um, and, and Entertaining side note... 
Frodo Baggins, Mr. Elijah Wood, aside from being the creepiest actor on the planet, <laughs> besides, I guess now Shia LaBeouf, um, uh-huh. Elijah Wood's from here in Cedar Rapids. Yes, he is a so, Cedar Rapids homeboy, yep. as, yep. as well as Ashton Kutcher is, but uh, you guys yep. can have him back. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, now, nah, Ashton, no, no offense, man, we, props for the Midwest, man, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so but watching these guys actually actually try to push themselves a little bit to get these parts, and I, I got to be honest, from from everything I know about Cable, from everything I know in the comic books about Cable, Dolph Lundgren actually is a really really good fit. Well, and Dolph Lundgren, I, Dolph Lundgren to me is always just going to be the guy who beat up Rocky. Well, okay. and it was, it was Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. No, so. Little asterisk, I have not seen a single Rocky movie. I've seen parts of it, I've seen parodies, but I have not sat down and watched an entire Rocky movie all the way through. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'll, I'll fix this eventually. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do know who Dolph Lundgren is, and uh, he's done a lot of not-so-career-worthy moves. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he's willing and interested to do it when he's as old as he is... I, I, I gotta give him props for that, but I, I don't remember who the original actor was that came out and said, it was right as soon as Deadpool released, he came out and said, I want that. I want to be Cable. You know, it just makes a lot of sense, but it, it you know, it also makes me wonder, like, how far they're gonna go. Like, we've got, like, seven editions of Wolverine in all these X-Men movies. Are we gonna do the same with Deadpool? And there's a lot of storylines that could oh, yeah. that could play out you know you've got uh what's her name mistress death uh yeah well yeah but i mean there's theories about like we've already seen mistress death um in the character of vanessa which would make sense given that she survived the fall from a, a ship liner. from well yeah it was from the top of a, a decommissioned uh shield uh helicarrier helica- yeah. helica- yeah so you know it, and in the comic books, that's where that comes from, is, you know, and, uh, you know, there's going to be tie-ins between, you know, the MCU is finally coming together the way it's mm-hmm. intended to, so we're going to start seeing tie-ins where Deadpool comes in with, and interacts with Iron Man and Captain America and uh, the whole Thanos uh, mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, you know when uh, when we go to the Infinity Wars uh, movies, it's it's all gonna finally come together. Fifty, sixty, seventy different characters are all gonna be playing out in this, and it's gonna be ridiculous. I I, uh, I do enjoy it. So Marvel has done pretty much everything right, with the exception of of X Men, Wolverine uh, Origins. Well, yeah. So. Um, and and the last uh, X Men Last Stand. I'm I'm gonna have to throw I'm gonna throw throw poo poo. I'm gonna throw the poo poo stick on on Last Stand. I think that uh, I think they did that very poorly. I I think that they were kind of lazy about it. Yeah. But I thought that they still got the right people for the job. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. I'm still a little eh on uh, um, because I think J- Jennifer Lawrence is just getting a lot of work just because she's very popular right now. But well. As, and and then you have to look at uh, at apocalypse coming out here uh, in gosh two weeks yes. and you know you've got uh, uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, Thrones. Mm-hmm. is uh, playing a major role. You've got uh, Olivia Wilde who's playing Psylocke, which mm-hmm. holy crap, best fit ever. 
Well, um, and Sophie Turner is actually Jean Grey. Right. In in this latest one, which I you know I don't know a lot of the the younger actors that are coming in here to to do this. Uh, I do know Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. I do know Olivia Wilde from House. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it'll be interesting to see some fresh faces on it. But I gotta tell you, Apocalypse is by far my favorite X-Men storyline of all time. I think the Apocalypse storyline is one of the greatest that was ever written. Uh, I am very much looking forward to it. However, uh, with, you know, the Gambit movie being in, you know, forever limbo. Yeah, I believe I believe that has actually gotten the official the official flush sound. Well, it. I, that was another one where I was just like, I don't think Channing Tatum is the best fit for Gambit. Right. <laughs> he is just not, he's not a good enough actor in my mind. He doesn't have the right kind of look to him. I, I don't think that he would be able to pull it off in a way that's believable. Right. Like, you know, like the rest of them have done. It, they need to find a good actor, and if they find the right actor... The Gambit movie could be great. Yes. But you can't have Apocalypse without Gambit. Right. Because Gambit is a, is a pivotal part of that whole storyline. And no Gambit movie, yeah. what are you going to do? You're definitely not going to bring back that kid from the Wolverine movie that played Gambit for like 15 minutes. No. Yeah, nobody liked him. Right. So... But uh, keep your eyes out for Deadpool. We will do uh, some sort of a review of some of the extended footage, etc., 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 as soon as we've got that in-house. Uh, so let's talk about funny website stuff. Um, I... It's, it's, a little, it's a little hard to explain. So uh, I said that in a previous episode that I work in an office. I am a cog in a machine. I, I work for an advertising agency um, where we do a lot of website construction for small and medium businesses, mostly advertising websites. And we deal a lot you know we do a lot of roofing or landscaping we do a lot of restaurants boutiques hair salons you know kind of just everything that you would see in around your town for businesses all across the country um and every once in a while we get some strange ones that come through and it kind of makes the job a little juicier and when once you've constructed your 50th roofer website you're kind of just a little bit stagnant uh i do have um folks that uh, report to me, I'm a you know, low-level manager there, uh, who will come and tell me about these crazy websites that they're getting and having to build and work through and get the kinks all worked out before we actually publish it online. Uh, I've seen medical marijuana come through. Uh, I've seen a lot of yeah, sex uh, toys. Website, websites. Websites for Sorry. medical marijuana. <laughs> I've seen a lot yeah. of websites. There's not a lot of medical marijuana flowing through her office. No, 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 no. See websites for sex toys, escort services. Uh, oh gosh, what else? Uh, adult bookstores are another big one that we I do. Still think, I still think the one that we're going to discuss today is is the coup, well, coup de gras. This one, well, I uh, this one I think is number two on my weirdo scale. Number one being uh, a website we did about oh eight to nine months ago. That was for a bull sperm harvester. Ah, 
We did we did do one that uh, that was probably the one website that I knew absolutely nothing about. Again, the closest I ever get to a bowl is you know me and the dinner plate. Right. So, <laughs> let alone uh, his procreative uh, protoplasm. <laughs> so, uh, the this one uh, recently came up. It was uh, something that we just landed in our inbox last week. Uh, it was a, a very misleading name of business. It, it seemed very um, cut and dry. It said spa and uh, sun deck. And at first I was like, oh, you know, do they do like hot tubs and build decks for them? Sounds or, like a really nice resorty type of thing. Is it a resort or is it, is it a spa where you would go and you would tan with natural light versus getting a spray tan or tanning in a tanning bed? No. And no, no, it's not. No. Um, it is uh, <laughs> what the client described as a nudist experience. It's not a colony. It's not a resort because nobody actually sleeps there. Uh, but you can go there. It's based on a membership. The first year is free. After the first year, it's uh, X amount of dollars to become a member that you pay every year. Uh, while you are a member... You can pay extra money to uh, go out and sun on their sun deck naked. You can pay extra money to go play in their game room. You can pay extra money for somebody to give you a sponge bath and a rub down. Now, these people who do this are not licensed masseuse or massage therapists. They're, they're just there to give you a little extra jolly. And uh, the best thing, the, the probably the biggest selling point that I saw uh, from where I saw it was you could pay somebody who worked there, and I say work very loosely because nobody actually gets paid for this, but you could pay for somebody to be your friend for the day. And that person would just hang out with you naked and just chill all day. You can go in the game room, go to the sun deck, do whatever you want inside of this place, this nudist experience. However, the thing that got me is any of the people who are quote-unquote workers there do not get a pay wage. They don't get a wage. They work for the tip. So ah. you could pay somebody to be your friend, and he works for the tip. Just the tip. But up which, uh, which is probably <laughs> one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Now, because curiosity gets the better of us, when we find a very unique kind of business like this, is to kind of scope them out a little bit, check and see where they are. So one of the first things we do is we Google Map, whatever the location is. And we did, we did Google Map it, and... And we discovered that the location of this place was not in what I thought when I pictured this, a, a nice big Victorian house or a sprawling ranch style resort. It's a warehouse uh, in between a trucker sleeping area and a farmer's market next to a major highway. And around the building, there's a chain link fence with razor wire on top. Now, now, to be fair, 
we were looking at Google Maps. So we have no idea what time the Google Map car went past. We don't know uh, how long ago it's been, if they've gone and they've dressed it up a little bit. But looking at this building, if you look up the close-up of this building, there are no windows, <laughs> just boards put up. And there is nothing that is screaming more of a Dexter-style, murdery, rapey vibe about this place. Definitely not a place that I want to be naked for leisure. I I would just be concerned about like all the broken glass and needles that would be littered the, on the floor. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine, you know walking in there and and it made me wonder like what's in their game room or is, is it like board games like do you play sorry naked do you play ping pong or foosball I like what do you play, do i wouldn't want to play foosball naked i you know or ping pong, or ping for, ping that pong for that matter, matter yeah you know I, I don't know if it's like a shuffleboard type of thing or if it's like more like they set up xbox and you just play halo naked with other people yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's called Tuesday. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, this place just, you know, if there was ever a time that, that you could you could throw up a red flag that said, this place will get you raped, uh, this, this building definitely looks like it. Now, we are intentionally not mentioning the name of this place. We're not mentioning the town or the state that it's in because these guys deserve to have whatever business they want to have. I will point out that the Yelp reviews for this show that there's competition for this yes. place in their area. Yes, there like, was... this is not the only nudist there... experience suntan deck. There was, there was a review on Yelp that said it was not as good as other places around, which makes me think, one, number one, this is not uh, an individualized business, like you said. And two, there's got to be more than one pl other, two other places that you can go because right. it's places, you yeah. know, and, and maybe this is a, I, I can almost guarantee there's probably some kind of nudist experience in almost every place in America, right? And sometimes it includes our living room, yeah. but <laughs> it's a members only thing, yeah. but what what just baffles me is the fact that one that this place really exists and there's it's not a private piece of property you know yeah. it's it's next to a major highway it's yeah. not secluded in in any trees or on its own island or anything this it is just the fact that there's more the, yeah. the fact that there's more just baffles me. Like, there, this must be some kind of huge, you know, uh, niche that people are looking into. Well, you know, and, and the fact that you say that almost makes me want to be that curious person using Google to, like, Google uh, nudist experiences in the 50, you know, 50 states. Just to see, just see how many of them are actually out there. And I would kind of you know, want to do it in our area. Yeah. I mean, we are in Iowa, so I can only imagine that wherever it is, it's got to be warm. Yeah. Because of the winter times, and even the spring can get chilly at times. But let's be clear: I am not a prude. <laughs> I believe everybody has a right to their own lifestyle. That one is not mine. Yeah. I, I have absolutely no 
desire to be naked around other people. And and give them the tip. And give them the tip. But just the fact that I don't want to pay anybody to be my friend, let alone be my friend and be naked with them. Now, now, and, and I'm not even saying this like in a sexual fashion. I just, I don't think that I would feel comfortable letting it all hang out in front of a, a, a large group of people. Now, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's no, no, nothing no, wrong no, with no, that. I'm it's saying, just not my. No, I wouldn't feel it's comfortable. It's not my bag. Uh, oh God, I, they just keep. They just keep happening. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so, uh, I, I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start pulling in to wrap this up. Uh, Otis Otis has wandered into the room and is uh, is snorting comfortably, and uh, it is it is definitely getting to be about that time. We're gonna save up for uh, for some stuff for next week. Yep. But. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us for episode three of Pushing Whimsy. Again, find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Blogger. Uh, where else are we? We're everywhere. Keep looking around. Do a search for Pushing Whimsy and you'll find us. And if you have topics that you would like us to talk about, you know, feel free to suggest. You might even have better ideas than what we come up with in our normal un yeah. un <laughs> unfiltered uh, craziness. Uh, but uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys. We look forward to seeing uh, seeing some responses. And uh, as always, I am David. And I am Beth. And this has been Pushing Whimsy.